चांस Lucky that Richa is alive. She's bent and broken enough, but she'll make it, which is more than one can say about the others. My husband swears it's because she always wears her seatbelt. I don't think any of the others were strapped in. She is very particular. She never leaves it off, not for the shortest drive, not even to reverse the car out of the driveway. We'd all poo-pooed her dozens of times, especially when she harangued us to buckle up. Her brothers would not so politely request her to belt up, and truth be told, I'd often agreed with them. She'd been a bit obsessive on the subject, but now we were all subdued. Not only because Richa has fractures of her wrists, bleeding, and lacerations on more internal organs than I could have named, and her face is all cut and bruised and taped up and swollen, she's been lucky not to lose her eyes. So the definitive word on them will only come out when the swelling's gone down, and she's having trouble hearing too. For the present, she's blue and purple everywhere. Can't eat anything. Can drink only through a straw, and that too just in tiny sips. And can hardly speak an intelligible word. And there are tubes and pipes going in and out of her all over. But she's still better off than the rest of them. I meet their families almost every day, but only because I can't avoid them. It's terrible. I don't want to go into the details. I feel their seething hostility. Richa was driving, you see. She'd had a drink, but thank a merciful God, she was well within the permissible limit. God alone knows what would have happened if she wasn't. There are some things I cannot bear to face. The rest of them in the car were well and truly above the limit, and we'd been told that she'd repeatedly refused to drive, saying she'd already had a drink. But as the evening progressed, they kept on insisting, saying they had to get home and none of them would be fit to drive. She'd refused and refused and refused, all the time drinking water and eating starchy foods. There was nothing she could do about the drink she'd already drunk. But not another drop of alcohol had she touched while continuing to resist. The barman had witnessed all this, and when she finally gave in to the pressure, he'd given her the keys to one of their cars, knowing from experience that she was okay to drive. But he told the cops she'd been most unhappy about even that tiny drink early in the evening. That sounded like our Richa, and yet all this tragedy. Everyone fighting for survival and misery everywhere you turned, she herself racked with pain, infinitely compounded by guilt, and all of us parents fretting ourselves ragged and running around trying to do our best for our kids. As for the innuendos and sarcastic remarks, I have no patience with them. Richa had been the driver, yes, but their own kids were the one who'd forced her into that seat. So I feel angry and hostile too. The suffering they have brought upon all of us. I know I'm sounding callous, but I'm stretched so tense. I have no energy for anyone except my own family and my Richa. I know what a responsible child she is, and for those other kids to have pushed her into such a situation 
they are bloody well just as guilty, if not more so. The driver of the other car, she's a few years younger than me and has a young family. But she came speeding round a blind corner, so she's far from Lily White. From what I've heard, she's unlikely to make it. I don't want to know, but people talk and one can't help hearing things one doesn't want to. Her car had been pretty banged up already and didn't even have airbags, which saved Richa, though they also caused many of her injuries. I really have no time to think of this poor mother and whether she will or won't make it. I just can't face that, what it would mean, especially for Richa, psychologically. She's going to be broken all over again when she realizes all the tragedy caused by the crash. I have so much stuff in my head and heart, I just can't deal with other things. I hurry out of the hospital with my mind still inside it, chewing on the same thought over and over and over. Just a moment in time. One terrible moment in time. And so many lives completely disrupted. If Richa hadn't met her friends that day, if she hadn't had a drink, if they hadn't forced her to drive, if the barman hadn't given the keys, if that other woman hadn't been speeding, if she'd driven more carefully around the corner, if, 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 my feet carried me automatically onwards without engaging my brain. Suddenly I'm grabbed from behind and yanked ferociously. At the same time I hear a bus screech and a scooterist tumble onto the road and look around in consternation. Another accident? What is wrong with people? Can't they drive safely? The vice-like grip on my arm is rough and callous and I turn to meet the burning eyes of a stranger who's gripping me fiercely. Look where you're going, lady! He snarls viciously at me. There's enough tragedy in this world without you causing more of it. I almost snap back at him, but he drops my arm and walks wearily into the hospital. And it strikes me that, oh my gosh, I was so distracted, I'd have caused an accident myself. If it hadn't been for the quick reactions of that angry man, and I didn't even thank him for saving my life. My steps become more and more leaden as I approach the hospital. And dread fills me up and pours out through my eyes and face. I'm wrapped in my grief and fear and anger and hatred. The life is slowly seeping out of my sweet wife because she crashed into a bunch of drunk kids. They said Shara was speeding. It's probably true, though I don't like to admit it. It was late and she must have been hurrying home. She might well have pressed down on that accelerator a bit. The driver of the other car has got off lightly, though all the other kids are touch and go, I hear, at the hospital. I don't give a damn for any of them. I know that sounds heartless, but my agony watching Shara fight every step of the way as she sinks and my fear about how the kids and I will manage without her is consuming me. The other driver wasn't drunk, the cops said. Well within the limits, they said. That means nothing to me. She's guilty in my book. Guilty of stealing Shara away from me and the kids. If she or her family were dying in a ditch beside me, I wouldn't lift a finger to help them. The world can go to hell. I'm already there. So why should I give a damn? Look at that damn stupid woman. Does she even know where she's going? 
it's people like her who cause accidents and ruin lives. She's going to walk into the street without looking. I just know it. Some people are so plain dumb, they should be locked up so they don't cause injury to themselves and others. There's a bus turning the corner and this damn fool woman... I lean out and grab her from behind and yank her ferociously back onto the pavement as the bus screeches and a scooter tumbles onto the road. She looks around in consternation as I pull her fiercely back into reality. She was completely oblivious to the danger she was causing. I feel a searing hot rage pass through me like a flaming fireball. Look where you're going, lady, I snarl viciously at her. There's enough tragedy in this world without you causing more of it. I drop her arm and walk wearily into the hospital.